Welcome on in to Betting the High Line, your go-to destination for all your picks, parlays, plays, and analysis around the beautiful game. I'm Thomas Viola, joined as always by my faithful co-host, Taylor Wilson. Taylor, how are you doing today? I'm going to be back. Uh, it is a so we, we thought this would be a low key transfer window, right? I was talking about Chelsea winning the global transfer window just by making one move to get Lukaku. It was supposed to be, you know, no one can afford anybody, right? No players can move. And instead, possibly the two greatest players of all time will have new teams this season. Of course, we knew that Messi went to Paris with PSG. Cristiano Ronaldo, it's been an insane 48 hours, 72 hours. It was about Manchester City, right? That's what was being reported. He was going to City. We were all groaning. City's going to win the league by 20 points instead of 12 points. And instead, he's now returning. The prodigal son comes back to Manchester United. The red half of Manchester gets CR. He's not, you know, he's, he's not the 17-year-old with terrible fashion choices anymore. The fashion choices, maybe that part still continues. But he's on the back end of his career, and he's coming back to the, to the English Premier League. Um, this is insane. I, it's been a crazy transfer saga the last few hours, really. Who, who on earth saw this coming? Just absolutely bonkers. We went to bed last two, three days ago. We didn't think Ronaldo was going anywhere. Two days ago, we thought he was going to City. Last night, we were sure City was a done deal. It is happening. And then we wake up this morning to the news that he is once again back in red. And I saw a tweet last night from William Hill that said in 2013, he turned down a move to City saying his heart will always be with United. And William Hill said, what happened to that, bro? Well, it turns out that he actually backed it up. And he comes back home to Manchester United in a move that, quite frankly, I don't know if was the right idea when you're Manchester United. Who's playing the sixth spot? Oh. No one. Yeah. You have your hopes and prayers. I saw one tweet that was, wow, our starting 11 is insane now. And it had Ronaldo up top, the wingers, and then at the sixth, just thoughts and prayers. That's that's all we got going for us right now. They need a central defensive mid. And so they, they still have questions. I will, however, say I request absolution for my Premier League predictions on our last episode saying United was finishing outside of the top four, obviously off the table now at this point. Here we go. Backtracking. Here we go. Of course. Of course. I have a reasonable claim, Taylor. I do not allow it. You're supposed to predict the future here on betting the high line. And, uh, I, I I saw this all along, Tom. I've been saying this for, for months and years that Cristiano Ronaldo is returning to United. I, I fully agree with, with your point about the central defensive mid. Uh, I You know, an exposed Harry Maguire behind the midfield. What could go wrong? But I, I will just say this. Like, what happened over the last few hours? I'm sure we'll get a little bit more journalism on this over the weekend. But, like, you know, I already saw so a good friend of mine is a Man U fan. I know a few United, uh, you know, supporters in my life and they were doing the Cleveland Cavaliers thing. You know, they were getting ready to burn the kits. All, we, we saw it on, on social media. People actually did burn Ronaldo jerseys, oh. you know, bring up those ashes, <laughs> stitch them back together, you know, get ready to go. But what happened here? Because like you said, done deal. We saw those words from multiple pretty credible sources, as credible as you can get with silly season soccer transfer rumors. But he was supposed to go to Man City. And I had a ton of conversations yesterday with people around the game, you know, uh, about the emotional side of this with people saying that it tarnishes his legacy. Others saying this will be great. Uh, others saying, well, now the title race is even more cooked than it was. But like what happened here? Is it possible that CR and Mendez and his whole side of things actually orchestrated this to just kind of get a little bit of drama? Like what happened here? I was actually out at lunch with Nick Henyon, the smart friend of the show, earlier today. And he brought up a really, really great point that I don't know. Okay, I'm going to phrase it this way. I think I am inclined to agree here. I think there is a possibility that Man City was ready to go for Ronaldo. 
but someone in PR in wake of the recent Benjamin Mendy news that is broken of his sexual assault allegations. I think that someone might have gone and run it up the chain that, hey, we can't sign a new player who has in his past some of these allegations the same time that we are suspending a current player for the same thing. I think that is a possibility. However, I also think that Ronaldo might have known all along he did not want to go to City and he wanted to go to Man U the whole time and it just worked out. Because the other thing that you really have to factor in here is soccer journalism, especially when it comes to transfers, is perhaps the least reliable information outside of a certain three-letter news network here in america (laughs) yeah well you're not wrong about that uh i i fully agree i mean we've had uh fabrizio romano kind of establish himself as like the new uh shams or woge of the soccer world but even he's even he's missing here uh occasionally in recent weeks uh that's a fascinating theory tom uh now we should establish off the bat you know to avoid the libel and all that we don't know this, right? This yeah, is this is yeah. conjecture. We're, we're we're just brainstorming, but that is very interesting, um, and I very well could have been part of it. And maybe City also combining that, of course, with the fact that they think that they could still win the league uh, even with CR coming to United and and all of that. The other part of this, and we'll move on in a second because we got games to get to and everything. But uh, so Messi goes to PSG. There's a whole kind of like conversation about whether or not like like what that means for his legacy, right? He was always a Barcelona guy, and now he goes to a different team. CR has moved teams his whole career. Uh, but Messi is basically going to go his whole career without playing in this league. Uh, he's going to now finish the rest of his prime without playing against uh, Cristiano Ronaldo with all that narrative in terms of the domestic play. Maybe they'll meet up in uh, in Europe. Do you think Messi now, because it, it was always City or PSG for Messi, do you think Messi is now like, oh, man, I wish I ended up at City? No. Okay. That that would have been. Oh my God! Could you imagine? Could you imagine them playing in the same city? Yeah, it's insane. Insane. Oh, that. And then Chelsea still wins the title, right? So both of them, all the narrative, (laughs) and then Chelsea comes and grabs it. Well, yeah, because they have the one player better than both of them. Yeah, exactly. Mason Mount. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Oh, that that would have been incredible. I. I don't know. Um, I think Messi is quite happy to be in an Mbappe, Neymar, Messi offense. That is – the MMN is way better the, than the MSN. Like, I, Suarez is a great player, but you now have Messi, arguably the greatest on the planet. The, the point here isn't to get into that debate. On the same team as both Neymar, another one of the top three players on the planet, and Kylian Mbappe, who is set to take the mantle of best player on the planet. Like that, 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 that's insane in itself. And then you also have to factor in that the reality is now this PSG team, after losing the champion, after losing the French league to actual best player in the in the world timothy weah <laughs> now they will go now that they're going to roll through the french league which they expected to do and really should be doing every year anyway this is their best shot at a champions league title and i think that's what messi was really going after the other thing is if he goes to city messi doesn't play a true number nine he doesn't solve city's problem which is even after the jack relish acquisition is still they need a guy up top and henyan was suggesting that they go out and get obama yang and i said they should get someone who will actually score because they need goals <laughs> but like the reality is that the reality of city was in the same boat as chelsea they they needed lukaku well, they and they were they put it seems like they put all their eggs into the harry kane basket and yeah. whatever happened there you know, I mean, look, we are we're recording on August 27th, so let's just be clear: the transfer window is not up yet. Okay, yeah. so 
we, we could be talking about outdated things in, in an hour. Like there could be a, more twists to this ridiculous month of transfers. Um, but yeah, I mean, I look, there are obviously pros for Messi going to France. You can take off half of the games, right? Which is, is a nice thing later in your career to just kind of focus on the big moments. Yeah, you play like the big rivalry games domestically. Uh, and then of course you focus on the Champions League. Whereas CR now... You know, especially for a United team that was not considered favorites to win the Prem, not that they were totally out of it, but they were not right in that conversation. He's now going to be, there's going to be an expectation that he plays every game, that he plays well every game. Uh, and, it, you know, he's on the back end of his career. He's still great, but that's a lot for a dude that age. So there's pros and cons to both of those things. You mentioned Mbappe. By the way, anyone who's listening to this for the first, if you don't know soccer and you're listening to us for the first time, people are going to be like, oh, Tim Weah, best player in the world. Okay. And they're, they're just going to go with that take. So that's fantastic. Yeah, um, I, I absolutely love that. Um, the, the other thing, though, I mean, remember the last aging star who used to be an amazing striker that went to Man United? Zlatan. Yeah. He, still played, he still played very well when he got there. Seen great moments from Cavani as well. Not quite the same level, of course, but yeah, yeah a similar situation there. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, you know, there's a lot of dudes down the depth chart, and we've talked about this with Chelsea and, and with City too. This is a common trend of teams kind of being too deep for their own good. A dude like Martial has got to be looking at this like, oh my God, like, I uh, think, do I have to I leave United now? I don't think Martial is with United at the end of this window. I think that okay, they so sell, I think that they sell him in order to find a six like you got to use those assets you got to use the assets you have to cover up the positions you need and they have the depth there where they can where they can do something like that a lot a lot of scott mctominay uh slander from you tom uh with the with the number six search but uh yes all right i'll i'll allow it um by the way we mentioned psg i just want to get this out of there it's just gonna be one year of mbappe tom let's just let's just establish that because he's going to real madrid next year Oh yeah, right, that so. that for sure. That for sure is happening. I, I was honestly surprised that they're rebuffing the hundred eighty million dollar advance yeah. from Real Madrid. But watch out for this Real Madrid next season. The guys that they're getting on free transfer, it's yeah. it, that team is going to be stacked next year. Yeah, the, let's enjoy this. Uh, anyone can win La Liga. Cadiz is going to win La Liga this year. Uh, take yeah. machine while we can, because uh, yeah, the I don't. I mean, I don't know, Barcelona's future is a little bit uh, shadier, but Real Madrid is definitely going to pop right back up here uh, pretty soon. Um, let's get to uh, to the uh, Champions League uh, group draw, which kind of caught me by surprise. Tom, you want to move on to that? Indeed. One more thing that I just want to say real quick on the note of transfers: uh, Everton should do a player swap, Hamas Rodriguez for Weston McKinney. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I want, I want you to come here to Columbia and drop that take into the street and see what happens. I, I mean, it makes it makes perfect sense. They, they, they're, they're looking for a player like James at Juve. He doesn't want to play for Everton. Not that he really wants to play anywhere right now. I mean, he was yeah. trash-talking the Colombian team on a, on a live stream during games. Like, what what is this guy doing? I don't really want him on Everton at the moment. It worked out pretty well for him because now, uh, unless I, unless something's changed in the last couple of days, basically players from England cannot return to yeah. their South American countries for upcoming qualifiers next week. So James, there was this idea that, oh, finally James will be back in the Colombian team and not the case because of the pandemic and, and some of these rules. He's not even playing for an English team right now because he's just not playing for Everton. So if he wanted to, he could show up. Um, exactly. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. I know a couple players at uh, at some other clubs. Uh, for uh, a couple players for Argentina, just flat out said after their club said that they wouldn't release them, they said, "Oh well, we're going, and you can just book oh. us the quarantine hotel." Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, but they're they're then going to miss prem games on the other side, right? Like, there's no way to do that math yeah. without. Yeah, there's yeah. there's no way it works. They just said, "No, we're we're going. We're we're gonna go play for the national team." Um, Jamaica is trying to figure that out because their their press net their press officials straight up said after the uh, after the announcement was made by uh, by the Premier League they just straight up said yeah we we can't do this like this this kills our team because most of their players actually play in the Prem and no that's brutal for yeah yeah and they have hard qualifiers coming up. As do Mexico, and Mexico are doing some weird, weird stuff with their with their roster announcements right now. I'm not sure what's going on down there, but 
this is going to be a big problem. I mean, J- Jamaica was actually actively campaigning. They were The national team's Twitter account was tweeting out to go and tweet, of course, at the wrong account, go and oh, tweet at like the English Federation or something like that to, uh, to, to, to lift the quarantine restrictions so that their players can go play. Yeah, they're, they're trying to like tweet at, at the FA, and it's just someone, some some random dude with the initials yeah. FA. It yeah. was it was like it, it was it was some like defunct organization that doesn't actually exist anymore. <laughs> but hilarious. But let's move on to the Champions League draw here, and let's run straight through the groups. There are some places that are alleging that uh, that allegedly have some odds out, but I haven't really been able to find anything just yet on odds to win the group. DraftKings right now only has odds to win the whole thing. But let's talk about these group stages. Starting with Group A, we have really the group of death here. You've got Red Bull Leipzig, PSG, Manchester City, and the surefire heavyweight favorite to come out of the group on top, Club Rouge. Yeah, so uh, obviously two contenders to win it all in the same group is always going to be interesting. City has gotten hit with some tricky draws in the past. Uh, they've certainly used that as an excuse. They got over a few of those humps last year, made the final and then lost. That was kind of the PSG deal two years ago where it's like, oh, they made the final and lost, but at least they made the final. This time around, the pressure is just enormous on both of these clubs to win it all. I would imagine they'll be the two that get out of it. Everyone's going to beat up on Bruges. Leipzig, you know, tons of American storylines there with Marsh and Adams and, uh, you know, uh, also you, you mentioned before we came on your boy, Adam Ola Lookman. So lots of connections for us there. Um, but I, it's going to be City and PSG, right? Anything? Am I missing anything here? I, I don't think so. I, I think you're spot on. All right. Uh, hopefully Leipzig can drop down to the, uh, to, to the UEFA Europa League and maybe make a play there. Yeah, it checks out. Yeah. All right. Moving on to Group B. Atletico, Liverpool, Porto, Milan. Milan, the champions of Italy. Atletico, the champions of Spain. Liverpool, not champions. Can't stress that enough. And Porto. <laughs> um, this this feels rather cut and dry to me. In years past, uh, especially last year, I'd say Milan, but they had no money this offseason and had to throw everybody out the door. So, this is an Atletico Liverpool group, right? Probably. I Porto is better than people realize. Like, I think this is actually the deepest group, Tom. I, I don't know if I'm totally in the same boat as you. Um, I don't like. I don't know if we have a true group of death this I, time around. I, that, in, that, that Paris City Leipzig combo is pretty deep. Unless depending on how depending on how high you are on Leipzig, I'm not as high on Leipzig as you are. Um, I. I look. I don't. I don't think any of the, none of these four teams I would put as real contenders to win it all. I know Liverpool on the board are at least from our folks at DraftKings one, two, three, four, fifth favorites in Europe. I just think that's kind of insane to me. I'm way lower on Liverpool than a lot of people are. They should get out of the group here, but Porto are good. They're a tough out. This is a team that made the quarterfinals last year. It was not a fluke. Um, I, I think AC Milan will probably knock off. Uh, one of Atletico or Liverpool at least once to make things interesting. So I, this is one of those where I, I think it'll be, you're going to at least get solid prices. Like if you are, Tom, as high as you are on those top two teams in this group, uh, which would be Atletico and Liverpool, you're going to have some decent opportunities, I think, to just bet those on money line plays if you're willing to lay just a little bit of juice. Uh, you won't have to look at the spreads as much. I, I wouldn't think, maybe I'm misreading this, but I, I think all of these games are going to be fairly close. I, I don't necessarily disagree with you on any of that. I think you're completely right there. What I will say is if you're looking for a ticket, Atletico isn't a terrible option at 25 to one. They always seem to be right up there towards the end. And Porto, I agree with you. They did surprise last year. They're 150 to one to win it all. Um, I wouldn't really go in on them. However, once we see some odds for top four finish, maybe you want to bet Porto to repeat. Uh, oh. If you're, if you're high on that team, that's the way I'd go. I mean, I would say the same thing about, uh, you know, who knows what value you're getting. But I'll let it go top four is always a bet that I like to plug. Uh, just that's because not, they can make those deep runs. They're, they're built for this guy. They are the Syracuse basketball of the Champions League. This team is built for this tournament. The, the Diego Simeone shithousery, shithousery brand of football is the 2-3 zone of soccer. Like, 
they are built to go into this kind of tournament and just anger and frustrate other teams and win those games. Love that about them. A- anger and frustrate the the viewers as well. Just make everyone pissed off. Uh, meanwhile, uh, you know, continuing to get results. Absolutely true. Uh, keep, I mean, let's keep in mind last year, like Chelsea Atletico was the one that we circled and we had, we had a ton of podcasts with tons of guests talking about how to handicap those games. Chelsea ultimately moves on. There are other scenarios. You play those games 10 times, who knows what happens. Chelsea ended, ended up winning the Champions League. So, and that was a round of 16 matchups. So it just goes to show how crazy this contest is. Uh, I would, I look, I, obviously Atletico and Liverpool are certainly the favorites to come out of here. I'm leaning Atletico and Porto, Tom. Uh, and that's more just, I, I still have a lot of question marks about Liverpool. We're going to talk about that Chelsea game this weekend in a second. And I don't want to curse myself by chirping Liverpool too aggressively, but they're in transition a little bit. They have new guys stepping into new positions, players that they had last year that are now starting that weren't starting before. Um, I need to find out a little bit more about this Liverpool team first. Klopp, by the way, back in the, uh, and this might just be kind of a headline writers doing it, but he's had some pretty juicy quotes recently as well uh, in regards to some of the transfer stuff. So uh, he's getting back uh, feisty and also lost the glasses, which I have to say as a glasses man myself, Tom, uh, I feel like really betrayed. Uh, I know I've considered getting LASIK and, you know, whatever the surgery is as well, but uh, it's kind of like the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where he tries to hire the, the chef and he thinks he's bald and then he sees him, uh, you know, wearing the toupee and he's like, how, you know, why are you being uh, disingenuous when you're outside? I feel the same way with Jurgen Klopp now. You've betrayed the glasses, people, so. <laughs> as, as a contact where um, I, I think oh. the glasses were a good look for him. Oh, yeah, I'm blind. Yeah. I am blind. Hell yeah. Um, shout out to, uh, before we move on to the next group here, shout out to my buddy and former co-host on an old soccer show I used to do, uh, Chris Magnum Chapman. We were texting pre-Champions League draw, and I and he was he was saying that we, we were making our predictions. He's a very big Liverpool fan. And I said that they were going to get lucky, get the team from Moldova. Shout out to Sheriff. And there you go. He said, no, they're going to get Atletico, Porto, and Milan. Wow. Incredible. Incredible shot calling. All right, have him print out his picks for the rest of this contest. We'll just read them out week to week, and that'll be our show. Seriously. Another quick tidbit, uh, going back to the transfer window real quick. Messi, Ramos, Donnarumma, Hakimi, Wijnaldum to PSG. Lukaku and Conde to Chelsea. Grealish to City, Memphis and Aguero to Barcelona, Sancho, Verane, Cristiano to uh, to Old Trafford. Who were the biggest spenders this transfer window? So the, the trick, so it's not PSG. It is not PSG. PSG had one of the most efficient windows we've ever seen. Right, because they did, they kind of worked that messy deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a free transfer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um <clears throat> Uh, which other ones did you outline? You said Chelsea. So it's not Chelsea. It's not. I'm not talking, by the way, about the teams that I just listed. Who was the biggest spender? Oh, 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 yeah. oh it could be, it could be someone else. Mm-hmm. Ooh, a riddle from Tom Viola here. Uh, I, I'm completely lost. Just hit me. Arsenal. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Oh, and they're in a row. There's no, there's no funnier. They're the, they are the biggest joke in the sport right now, right? Oh, for, I mean, they always are in my opinion, but. They, but it's been a, it's been a, and we'll, get to, we'll talk a little getting, more about Arsenal. It's, it's, they it's are they're approaching like, Houston Texans level. Yeah. It, I, the, I so badly want to see them relegated. The, I was going to say the bow on all this, that's the story, right? Like that is the, there aren't enough, there are too many bad teams. Bad this teams. Year for I had the same happen. combo. But if this was a particularly strong year in the bottom half of the table, they would be a risk right now. I'm going to flat be, out say that. Yeah. They'd be right in that mix and it would be like a final match day escape of anything. Like they, oh, I, I think they're imagine? finishing like 13th Tom. They're finishing like 12th or 13th. I'm not, that's not an we exaggeration. Both, we both had that in our predictions that Arsenal bottom half of the table. Yeah, not a terrible right. team, which is why that's the one reason why I'm not that high on Chelsea yet, because Chelsea hasn't played anyone. I don't I don't look at yeah. that Arsenal win as that impressive. Yeah. You haven't played a real team like Brentford yet. Exactly, exactly, exactly. All right, let's move on to group C here. We have Sporting, Dortmund, Ajax, and Besiktas. 
this is not a good group. This no. might be the <laughs> no. weakest group. No, um, it's Dor- it's Dor- it's Dortmund on there, like after losing uh, Sancho and kind of on a down yeah. year. Uh, I mean, they, sporting Dortmund's still going to be okay offensively. You've still got Erling Haaland. Gio Reyna is stepping up. We love to see that. This is a this is a non ironic. He's actually good, and I'm really happy to see him succeeding right now. Take uh, for for an American player, um, Ajax. Could always be interesting. Uh, Besiktas might be able yeah. to make some noise out of there. Uh, there's no one here that I'm betting to go far in this tournament. Dortmund is bet probably the best team in this group, and their defense is bad. They are not built to win Champions League games, and they're gonna they're gonna make it out of the group. They're gonna come up against a team that's strong defensively and just uh, like Chelsea last year can just get a couple of those goals and they're not going to be able to score and the other team's going to go through 2-0-2-0 on, the, on both legs. You can quote me on that. I'll, I'll quote you on that and I'll retweet it and everything. I Interesting, it appears that Sporting came out of this from pot A, which I or pot one, which I was not uh, aware of. Um, yeah. That would be the strongest of these four um, because I, on paper, would probably call them the third strongest of the four. Uh, it feels like Dortmund and Ajax, Besiktas, by the way, shout out to my boy Mishi Batshuayi has finally found a new home uh, after just continuing to just be one of these many Chelsea players just uh, rotated in and out. Go ahead, Tom. Um, on the note of Mishi Batshuayi, my other co-host of that former show, he is, uh, Batshuayi is his favorite player. Oh my God, he's one of my favorite players too. For his birthday, he's also friends with he's he's friends with uh, Sean Porter, the boxer, and okay. Sean has connections, and for his birthday, got Carson a signed, personal like personally signed to Carson, all the best, Mitchie jersey. Batman, baby, that's incredible. Yep. I so I I was I have a Mishi Chelsea kit from the year that. The year after Chelsea, the Chelsea's most recent title. Uh, and anytime I, I wear it out, people are just like, "Like, why didn't you buy it?" <laughs> I'm like, I love Mishi. What are you gonna do? Um, all right. Uh, so yeah, are we in agreement there, Dortmund and uh, and Ajax, or you think like it could just be kind of anyone or Dortmund and anyone else? Is that kind of where you're at? Um, I, I'd probably go Dortmund Ajax, but the reality is that I'm not, I'm not even going to look at the odds to win for this group because odds to win the group I'll look at once they're out, but I'm not really, I'm not playing, I'm not playing anyone here to win the whole thing. This, this, this group is not producing the winner or the other finalist. Well, they're just, they just aren't good enough defensively. I mean, even Ajax, when we see these Ajax teams, they're not necessarily defensive superstar teams either. Yeah. I, maybe, maybe group C is a, is a, is one of these where it's like, you try a crazy, if you can find a crazy top two price on Besiktas or sporting, or if you want just a, a dart at the wall, like maybe you try that, but mm. I, that's the only thing I could offer. Are you good there? Is it a junk call? Is it your car warranty? It's 95% of the calls I get are drunk calls. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. Like, since I, I don't know who since has I got my, my number, iPhone. But, since I got yeah. my iPhone, I've been getting less and less of them. I like it. I don't think that's related. It's <laughs> just nice. Uh, Group D, Inter, Real, Shakhtar, and Sheriff. Your Moldova Hailing boys. Hailing from Moldova. Yeah. They're my favorites to win it all. you got to have a futures ticket on the Sheriff. <laughs> Yeah, why not? The sheriff's mm-hmm. back in town, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, this is um, – I, I got nothing for you here, Tom, being honest. I, Shakhtar can often be a really fun uh, kind of drop to Europa League team, and sometimes they can make it interesting in this competition as well. I think they are still not playing home games in Donetsk, unless I'm mistaken, because of the war-torn country there in Ukraine. I uh, I just – Inter and Real are the best teams. Inter, of course – torn apart a little bit in the offseason. Real, not the same Real that they've been. So if there's a time to take out these two teams, this would be it. Before the draw, I would have said, yeah, maybe a fade Real play makes sense. It's just not going to be in a group of Shakhtar and uh, Sheriff, I don't think. By the way, you? Uh, um, first off, I have to amend what I said earlier. Uh, obviously, I called the wrong Milan team the champions of Italy. It's okay, you needed to get you needed to get the uh, the the joke yeah. in. So yeah, I, I needed to get the I, I needed to get the joke in. Uh, that is my bad. Obviously, Inter is the team that was torn apart because they could just not afford to have their team back. Um, 
if you think Kylian Mbappe plays for this season for Real Madrid, if you think they get that deal done before the end of the transfer window, now is the time to book any sort of plays that you're going to book on Real. I don't think they win it this year. I think they're the. I, I think next year they compete once once they have that transfer window, but right now, not so much. Uh, even with Mbappe, I, I think that at least puts them as obvious favorites to win out of the group. But still, not not really. I, I'm not really touching this group. Although I, I'll probably wait and see what the odds are for them. That that that's going to be a team that I'm going to pick to win this group. But no one I like there to really go far. I think even with Mbappe, uh, Real has a lot of work to do to fix that defense. I, can they? Sure. But we're already seeing some stumbles uh, uh, here early. Of course, they're now in the post-Sergio uh, Ramos era. I, uh, I agree. I mean, I just think they'll do enough in this group. And, and Inter still has some guys. Um, there, there's just no take I can have for Shakhtar in this. So I, I think that's interesting. I, I agree in terms of value. If you think Real will do something, grab them now. But uh, but yeah, I don't I don't like them. The futures market, I would probably take them. You know, if I can get something close to even top two, I would take them. But you're not going to get that price. So Inter and Real, yeah. but I don't think I don't think you can bet it. No, you you really can't. I, I I completely agree with you on that one. Group E, this one where we we get a little more interesting. You at least have Bayern, then you have Barca, Benfica, and Dynamo Kiev. Byron sails out of the group, and this is a team that we say it every year, but it's worth doing. They sit at plus 750 right now to win the whole shebang, and you're not going to get a better price than that on this team. Oh, totally. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I think they will win this group. Um, as far as the board as a whole, I mean, I just think, look, I don't want to make it seem like I don't think PSG – and City can't win at all. Of course, they are the two favorites for a reason. Those teams are insanely stacked and some of the most talented teams on paper we've seen in a long time in this sport, frankly. Um, but Bayern is a real kind of, without getting into the cliche machine, a real professional in the business end of this competition. They know how to get through it. Similar to what you said with Atletico, Bayern does it at an even higher level. And I, I do think that price is a little bit out of whack. I would say... A similar thing about Chelsea, although repeating is is very, very difficult in this competition. Um, I, I think you can go further down the board. You mentioned Atletico 25 to 1. You know, those are kind of some of the numbers you have to take because PSG right now is three to one and Man City's three and a half to one, and that's gonna stay as it is. And those aren't good enough prices for a, a season-long bet. Um, so I agree with you on Bayern there. As far as the group is concerned, I'm not that high on Benfica or Dynamo Kiev, but what's the chance that Barcelona doesn't get out? I mean, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it would shock me. It, it would not shock me. I was thinking the same thing. If this group had another serious contender, I'd be all in. I'd be saying this team is not, they, they, this team is not going to make it out of this group. They're not good. They have one good player in Sergino Dash. Sergino Dash, yes. I, I will never not be the absolute ultimate American homer. That will always be my job, and don't you ever forget it. You beat me, too. I was going to say Ballon d'Or candidates are Gino Desk, but yes. yeah, there you go. I will not rest until the Ballon d'Or candidates are entirely American. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a big Memphis Depay fan. Like I, I think he and Griezmann can still do some things up top. I just, for a team that – you know, in our childhood, these were the greatest midfields in, in soccer history. It's yeah. not the same. Barcelona, when you play Barcelona now, they just do not impose their will on you in that middle of the park like they used to. Busquets is getting older. He can still have his day. But, like, you know, Pedri is well, way too young for the role that they've thrown him in at times. And 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 Frank de Jong, that's just not what he does. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't see it in terms of the midfield, which is a huge part of what I want to see from a team making a deep run in the Champions League. Is this, you know, is the bottom of this group bad enough for them to finish second? It could be, you know. It, it is. It is. The bottom of the group is bad enough. By the way, the yeah. reason Real Madrid, Real Madrid and Barcelona had the best midfields of our childhood. The problem then the reason they don't have them now is because they still have the same midfield from our childhood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll go Bayern. I'm, I'm going to look into Benfica and Dynamo Kiev a little bit deeper than I have, but uh, – if you can find a great number, maybe maybe try to fade Barca and, and try something there for a top two bet. 
but Byron's winning this group, and I'm I'm super confident about that. Yeah, again, like that's that's why I'm going. You are not going to get a better price than right now on Byron. If you can find eight to one, nine to one, if you can get ten to one, which probably does not exist, you best hammer that because you are not going to find a better value on a team that has a very very real chance to win it all. Because remember, by the way, just off of that really quick. So this is one of the reasons why you don't take a plus 300 or a plus 350, yes. even if even if you think PSG and City are are that good, because you don't know, like they could play, especially looking at how the group draw went with with City and PSG in the same group. One of them could like end up playing Bayern in the round of 16. It, it's not that that scenario can end up happening. And then it's like, well, uh, you know, just just a. a couple of unlucky games and suddenly that bet crashes um whereas Bayern with that value maybe they get a good path and they could totally make the final and then Bayern in a final I like a lot I always have so yeah. you know that, that's a good point uh that, that that is that that is the way I'm looking at it here that's that's what I'm going with with you all right group F Villarreal Ronaldo United Atalanta and the young boys so I was in a, uh, a hot spring in Japan uh, a few years ago. This Hashtag is a wild story. And uh, we're all naked because this, this, better, is, this, not, is what this you better not be a story yeah. involving one of the teams in this group. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and I, we're just, you know, we're, we're hanging out. Guys, just dudes being dudes. Guys being guys. Guys being dudes. Dudes being guys. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> I, a couple of the dudes I find out are Swiss. So naturally, I start talking about some footy. Oh, no! And uh, and it turns out they're young boy supporters. And uh, and there's no there's really no punchline here. It was just we had a great conversation. And they told me that in their like in the next, I think they said three years, young boys will make a Champions League final. That has not happened uh, because this was in 2017. So they've missed the window. But they've missed a couple of Champions League competitions since then, Tom. So perhaps my Swiss naked friends didn't, you know predict that they wouldn't actually be in the Champions League those years. And maybe this is the year that the young boys, uh, which is a great name, by the way, win it all. They are on paper the weakest team in this group, and I don't know if I can make a football case for them making it out. Um, it's probably going to be two of Villarreal, United, and Atalanta. At this point, you have to now put United out of the group. And I guess we could use this moment to also talk about United uh, you know, overall futures odds on the board. They are one, two, three, four, five, six favorites currently. You can get them at ten to one, which is a nice price. I think you, you hit the nail on the it. head, Tom, with the with the with the CDM issue. Teams that are stacked with attacking players and have any kind of defensive liability almost never win this competition. Uh, yeah. It's very rare that you see that happen, and that's kind of how I see Manchester United right now. Frankly, I mean, looking at the rest of this group, that's kind of, well, actually, Villarreal is the opposite, but Atalanta is the same deal, right? I mean, they're, they're the classic attacking team also, although we have seen them go on a deep run, uh, frankly, more recently than United. I'd probably go United and Atalanta, mainly because I want to just kind of keep the Atalanta dream going. Um, Villarreal impressed me in some ways in the Super Cup against Chelsea, and there are some takes coming out. Like, you could talk about a lot of Spanish teams, and you'll find a take somewhere of, someone saying that that's a dark horse candidate to win La Liga this year because the Spanish giants are, have fallen off so far. Um, VRL is kind of like a, a bit of a retirement home right now for a few players later in their career. I don't know if I see them coming out of here. I'd probably go United one Atalanta two. I'm assuming the books will agree with me on that. Um, do you have any disagreement? Mm, no, no. Uh, Villarreal might be interesting. Like you said, it's a toss up there. Um, I mean, again, all I want you to do, close your eyes. In your mind's eye, can you envision Harry Maguire lifting the Champions League trophy? <laughs> I cannot do it. I cannot, see, I cannot see that. As much as I would love to not see the image of Taylor and his naked young boy fans friends <laughs> in, the, in the hot springs, this is an image that I absolutely cannot picture. I'm going to say out of this group, we have United and you know what? I I'm going to back your naked friends, the young boys. Oh, let's go. Let's just do let's it. Go. I love uh, it. The, the, na the naked young boys, right? Oh, we dear. need to edit that out or not? Oh, oh, dear. Right. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. <laughs>
Keep, keep it moving indeed. Group yep. G, I'm proud, by the way, we got through that entire bit without making a joke about a certain uh, Premier League player. Group G, we have... <laughs> We have yep. Lil from Pot One, the champions yep. of France. Yes. Sevilla, Salzburg, and Wolfsburg. Wolf. Yeah. I mean, you can watch these games if you want, Tom. Go for it. I'm good. But... Lil doesn't have way anymore, right? They they do. They do. Okay. So they're still yeah. a threat. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I like Sevilla out of the group. Sevilla's a classic. Sevilla's a classic figures out how to how to get through more, more in the Europa League of course they're the Europa League Giants which yeah. I guess maybe the argument there is they have to finish third then to get to their favorite competition there's no way not uh, with this not with this draw they're, they're they not, can't right yeah. yeah Salzburg five to one according to Nick Henyon to leave the group I like that play okay I I yeah. don't know enough about this group so I'm backing you and Henyon on that that's fine with me yeah I that, have no that, issue with that, that makes that makes a lot of sense I five to one Given the A, return on investment, B, time frame, and C, likelihood of this happening, all of those come together for some great value. Yeah, because these teams will kind of cannibalize each other a little bit. Um, yeah. So someone, someone think, random's coming out. Yeah, I, I think you have a shot there. Group H, you've got Chelsea, Juventus, Zenit, and Malmo. I don't really remember a tough Chelsea draw in my life, and I've been a Chelsea fan for 18 years. I, there may have been one or two. But this is another one where I saw it and I'm thinking, all right, it's Juve. So maybe Chelsea finishes second, which is not ideal. And then the Cristiano Ronaldo is not actually going to be playing against Chelsea in this group. Yeah. Uh, so Chelsea completely lucks out. Zenit, Russian footy has fallen off a cliff in recent yes. years. The, the, the requiring six or fewer international player rules uh, in the Russian Premier League does not seem to be working as far as how these Russian teams do abroad. Uh, I don't know if they're going to revisit that, but it seems like a terrible rule. And then Malmo, you know, um, should be just fine to beat up on. Yeah. I love Chelsea to win this group. I think you could possibly get a, a price that's not terrible, though I would have said that more before CR left Juve. I don't, now, mm. I don't know what you're going to be able to get once those group prices come out. Um, but it's Chelsea and Juve. I don't think you can overthink this at all. I, I, I agree. That That's a very simple one. That is going to wrap up the group stage breakdown. We'll have more on that for you once, uh, once we have more odds out and things like that. But for now, let's move on over to the English Premier League. we got a couple games that we want to get to before we get out of here, starting with City versus Arsenal. If my game lines will load, which they... T- <laughs> City minus 370. The draw is 10 to 1. It's awesome. 10 to 1. Tremendous value on the Gunners. If you want to pick one of the last place teams to win this game, 19th currently in the table, minus four gold, (laughs) only Norwich at minus eight sits below them. Oh, whoever made the schedule for this season, I need to send an edible arrangement. Because getting these three games for Arsenal right off the bat is just beautiful. We joke about the the R word relegation with Arsenal, but like these numbers are relegation team numbers as far as like what we've seen a title contender versus a relegation contender in the EPL. Those are numbers you're getting. You're getting you're gonna get around 10 to 1. Uh, and you might even get like I've seen teams in last place deep into the season at like eight to one, like ten to one. That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. I can understand your laughing reaction now at poking up those odds. Um, I'm I'm looking at the spread zone, and I'm more invigorated to do that after I saw what City did against Norwich last week because I, Arsenal's not that much better than the Canaries. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> Uh, and and I don't I don't know. Look, I'm not I'm not trying to five nil exacto like City did put past them, but I love City minus a goal and a half here. I think that's the sensible play. I'm willing oh, to lay, lay. I'm what, willing what? to lay the, the minus one twenty juice, and really? I don't minus minus one twenty. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's you, enough, you, right? You you have you have to lay that. They're not winning this game by one goal. I do not, my heart of hearts, believe that. As a matter of fact, I'm so confident I'm about to go place that right now. I already placed it. The, 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 
only note I have down here is Arsenal are bad with, let me count, one, two, three, with eight A's. So that means they're very, very bad. Um, okay, Brentford and Chelsea, the two games they played so far, pair of two no losses. They did smash West Brom, which good to hear, good to hear from the, the baggies again uh, in midweek. They smashed them 6-0, which that'll give you some confidence. I like what Arsenal's doing with the youth movement. Like, there are some interesting play- young players, Bukayo Saka, Kieran Tierney, um, Emil Smith-Rowe, or some of them that have broken through to the senior team. The problem is they still have some dudes past their prime on contract, which has been kind of the constant with Arsenal, uh, you know, going back even before the Mesodosio saga. Uh, I, it doesn't seem like Arteta is a good manager at all. I don't, I don't know if, if anyone wants to argue me on that. I'm happy for Henning to come on here and he'll probably agree with me. Yeah, he would. I, I, I don't know how much longer he lasts. This is just, you know, this is a back half of the table team against probably the best team in England. A goal and a half just makes too much sense. I completely agree with you. I think that they, the only reason it's not a two goal spread is because of the name brand. Like that, 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 and I love any time that I can bet against the team because they're getting propped up solely by name. That's a fantastic pick. I'm going to take that every single day of the week. Totally. So that's, so that's where we're going here on this one. Let's move on down the list a little bit here. We got Ham Palace, West Ham, Crystal Palace. Um, I'm going to guess that there's a spread play involved here from you, Taylor. B is minus 195 on West Ham to plus, 50, plus 550 on, on Crystal Palace. Feels like you're going with that West Ham minus a goal and a half at plus 160. That's what I'm going to guess. So I'll get to that in a second. I will just say right before my actual play, City, West Ham, and if you can find a third team, that might be a money line parlay for this week. I don't think that's a terrible play. I don't know. Tell me, Tom, if you have a third team you want to throw on there because I don't – I mean, I haven't actually done the math yet. I don't, I don't think two teams is going to give us good enough value there. It doesn't. Um, but if you can find a third team, that might be the money line parlay of the week. Um, um, by the this, way, yeah, that, that two-team parlay is only minus one or nine. It's just like if I'm parlaying, I want I want a plus in front of a number, you know. Like, That's fair. I just I I'd, ra- I'd rather give myself more risk and get a third. Um, um uh, can I tempt you at Leicester minus one fifteen versus Norwich? Yes, yes. Oh yeah, yes. We okay. got, we have it. We have it. I'm writing it down right now. Uh, I do not have that yet. Yeah. Right. Plus what two- am I missing there? Nothing. Yeah. P- plus two fifty nine. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's just creating. Terrible. It's just creating value for yourself. I mean, those three teams are all in pretty good shape to win those games. As far as this game individually, if you don't want to do the parlay thing, I so I had three plays written down. They're all basically the same play, just with different prices. And I kind of wanted to hear you out on on which one I should do. West Ham minus one, minus one hundred five. West Ham minus one and a half, plus one sixty five. Which you mentioned, West Ham, and I know some of our Nevada listeners won't love this, but minus one and a quarter plus 130 there in that Asian quarter ball zone. Um, do I just take put it. the difference and do the quarter? Is that what I do? Take, take the quarter. I, I like the quarter ball there. This game, West Ham could finish with the one goal. And we, look, short of an MLS-style unpredictability play, they're winning the game. So you yeah. can at least get half your money back on that. I, plus 130, I like that. It's like quasi-push protection. So I would think about an over also, which I'm looking at for West Ham a lot this year. They have eight goals in their first two games. The problem is who's on the other side. It's Palace, right? So you don't want you don't want anything from Palace. You might as well, instead of playing the over, just play a spread um, because Palace isn't going to help you out. They currently have the lowest XG through the first two games, less than a goal a game. Um, and West Ham has the highest XG at 5.3 a game, uh, depending on where you're getting your numbers. So uh, I like that a lot. I think West Ham is much better than Palace. I still will say the same thing. And it is kind of similar to what we've said about Leicester in past years, although I, I would probably argue Leicester is slightly better. West Ham love their starting 11. I do think the squad depth will catch up with them uh, as the season goes on. But when right it now, comes to take, a crystal pal- yeah. Yeah. Take, take, take them while they're hot. Exactly. All right. Moving on there. Liverpool, Chelsea, your game of the week right here. Liverpool plus 150. They're the favorites, but it is at Anfield. And there are fans back in the stands. This is a different Anfield than last year. Chelsea plus 195 and the draw plus 230. 
You like Chelsea to win this outright? I do just because the price just is a little too juicy for me not to uh, try. I mean, you're getting around two to one, a, a Chelsea team that Tom, I, I think Chelsea's better than Liverpool. I just do. Um, now that I'm saying, I'm saying that in a vacuum. Uh, okay. So this is not in a vacuum. Like you say, it's at a packed Anfield, which is a crazy atmosphere. It's tea time kickoff, late kickoff Saturday. It's going to get, you know, dark in the second half. It's going to be fun. Probably gonna be raining randomly at different intervals. Like it always is. I, uh, I, you know, who knows what happens just looking at recent games, between these teams, uh, you know, Chelsea won one nil the last time they played in March when Liverpool were kind of tumbling. Uh, uh, lost two nil in September and then lost that crazy five three game back during Project Restart when there weren't any fans uh, in July when we were watching Premier League games in July, which was a very weird sensation. Uh, which now that was like a year and change ago. Um, wow. Time is not a real thing anymore. Um, that game, I still maintain that 5-3 game was one of the first that got the ball rolling for Frank Lampard to lose his job. It exposed huge defensive problems for Chelsea and the exact opposite for Liverpool going forward. It wasn't far after that where Liverpool completely fell apart. As far as what we've seen from Liverpool early this season, we talked in our preseason pod. I said I need to learn some things about whether or not Trent Alexander-Arnold can bounce back. He has. He's looked great. Uh, I need to know what Virgil van Dijk is. He's looked pretty good. You know, he's still, he's still coming back, but still we're seeing some, some hints of Vir the Virgil that we've seen before. Um, and in general, their fullback play, now that they're going with Samikas instead of Andrew Robertson, seems to be back also. So uh, Liverpool's look good. The problem is neither of these teams have played anyone. Uh, Liverpool's beaten Norwich 3-0, Burnley 2-0. So those are two relegation contenders. Chelsea's beaten Palace and Arsenal. Those are two relegation contenders. So I don't know what to make of the early season for either of these sides. Um, and I ultimately, I, it's kind of a coin flip for me. And we talk about this all the time. I'm taking the value on a coin flip in a vacuum. I know it's at Anfield. If you want to factor that in, feel free. By the way, I'm excited to get a bigger sample size, Tom, on these full crowds to see how much of an impact it's having. Because I think we'll be able to start to follow some of those trends a little bit better than we were, you know, in terms of the home and away stuff during Project Restart and even last year. Um, but for now, I just think that's too good of a price for a Chelsea team that I know I'm a Chelsea fan, but I'm higher on them than you are, Tom. So plus 195, I'm taking Chelsea. If this wasn't at a packed Anfield, I'd completely agree with you. At a packed Anfield, if with, with packed Anfield, no sample size, I believe you when you say Chelsea is a better squad than Liverpool. I think you are correct. That being said, I think they're going to draw this game. It's That's a fair. big, it's a big, like we can't forget the principles that have guided us forever. It's a big six matchup. Play the draw. They'll both be cagey. Come out and play this to a one, one game. That, that is what I think comes out in this one. Chelsea could win it. I, I think they're more likely to win it than Liverpool, but Liverpool is at home. That's going to factor in for me. And again, the big six play each other. KG, draw is my way to go here. Totally fair. Do you have that number handy, Tom? Is that a plus two something? So that's the art. Like, especially if you think that's the most likely of the three, that being the best value of the three. Yeah. should be a no-brainer just in terms of working the numbers. Exactly. That's that's where I'd go on this. Uh, I, I think at the end of the day, one of us is going to be right, which means Liverpool's winning this game. But <laughs> but that, that, that would be my play on that one. All right. All right, let's do one more Premier League game. Then you've got a couple across the, uh, across the Mediterranean there. Wolves, Man U. Are you like Nick? He told me today that Wolves are going to beat Man U. No, no, no. I don't, I don't think this Wolves team is anything. I really don't. Uh, and I hate to say that because I was I was a Wolf, man, and I was doing the howl. Uh, I, I really uh, believed in a lot of those one nil exactas. I love the one-and-a-half unders. I still think maybe some of those Wolves against the relegation contenders, which, by the way, Wolves might be among them, uh, are going to be fun to bet the unders. I, I will be betting those plays. I don't have enough of a read for United yet in terms of totals. They completely smashed a Leeds team that can often get smashed and smashed, right? They're one of these sides that can let up a lot of goals and score a lot of them. United beat them 5-1 in the opener. And then they had a really bad result. Like 1-1 draw against Southampton is not a good result this season. Uh, it would not have been a good result last season either. 
Um, and I, there were parts of that game. I didn't watch all of it. I watched some where Southampton were the better team. So I, that's a little bit worrying. I don't, so first of all, Cristiano, whatever happens. And again, we're recording this on a Friday. Cristiano is not going to play this week, right? Like we can, we can get that out of the way or, or. Oh, could unless, you imagine? Unless uh, <laughs> he plays. Are you caught up on Ted Lasso or not? I haven't watched uh, today. today. I am. I am. Ca- I, I, oh, I'm all the way caught up. Oh, I didn't watch today. Okay. But, but I was going to say, um, you know, he makes the return, right? He pulls off the mic yeah, and, the and walks Tart. back. Into, oh, like, he, he walked, not, 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 not Jimmy Tart, but, um, Roy Kent. What is it? Roy, thank you. Uh, <clears throat> pulls off the soccer Saturday, Mike gets, gets back into the stadium. Everyone goes crazy. Um, <clears throat> good, I, good, that would be insane. Good Ted Lasso this week, by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. There, there are, I, I there are not many bad ones. I think they're finally setting up the, they're finally setting up some actual conflict for the show, which I feel like it's been yeah. lacking through the first half of the season. Like, um, they've been like isolated episodes, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited for it to really start building towards an arc and actually getting us somewhere. Because like, I thought that the whole Sam, uh, Dubai jet, I thought that that would play into the team needs money. And like now they're fighting with their kit sponsor. I thought that that would be an arc for the season and it turns out that was just to get Jamie back into the fold because in this episode that you'll watch today, like banter is just now their kit sponsor. And I'm like, really? Okay. That I thought we were going to play this angle. Like it felt like more yeah. was being set up here for actual conflict for the season, but Hey, we'll see how it goes. I'm still liking the season. Let's move on out of the premier league and over into, you had a La Liga play. And let's Let just go clarify. there. I don't know if I said my final pick on that game, Tom. Oh, I'm doing yeah, yeah, nine yeah. And money. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing nine and money minus one twenty five. I just think they're much better than Wolves. Um, not by far, not one of my favorite plays of the week. So that's how I protect myself when it goes wrong. All right, I, I like that minus one twenty five. I, I I wouldn't put it in the three leg parlay that we've set up, but I like it. Nor would I. Yeah, uh, Cadiz versus Osasuna <laughs> is wrong. That is not the game that you have. Yes, it is. It is. It is. For some is reason, I wrote down. Oh, I wrote. I wrote down Villarreal Osasuna. So you you want both games? You want the Atletico Madrid, Villarreal, and Cadiz? Okay. Correct. Cadiz Correct. plus two hundred five. Osasuna plus one fifty five. So Cadiz coming off of a pair of one one draws. Osasuna a pair of nil nil draws. I like the under two and a half. The problem is you don't get any value. So what am I doing? I'm pairing it with that Atletico Villarreal game. Uh, also under two and a half there. Villarreal, back-to-back nil-nil draws to start the season. Atletico, they, you know, 2-1 win and a 1-0 win, but we know what Atletico is. I feel safe enough to grab a plus 166 value pairing two reasonable unders together. There's a sense that La Liga, and so far the first two weeks this has been true, will be a great under league this year. Um, let's just, let's keep an eye on it. I don't know enough yet of course like we say the sample sizes are so small right now um but i'm kind of thinking generally syria slightly over la liga slightly under and part of my la liga philosophy here is pairing these together uh and getting some plus value so uh the most disgusting thing you can do an under parlay is what i'm doing in spain (laughs) that is a dangerous game but if you're going to play it the spanish league is not a terrible place to really be playing something like that, I think. I, I think that you have a little bit more of a chance there, don't you? Yeah. All right. Next up, you have Salernitana versus AS Roma in Serie A. Roma minus 175, Salernitana plus 475, and the draw plus 330. Many guesses, another total play. So I have multiple plays in this one the Fighting Mourinho's, the Fighting Tammy Abrahams. Uh, first, I'm going to take Roma on the goals, uh, minus one and a half. I was kind of shocked to see how good of a price I could get there at plus 165. They beat Fiorentina in their first Serie A game. They won both of their games over Trabzon Spore, the Turks, in the new conference league, uh, 2-1 and 3 nil. So they've won all three of their first games uh, in all comps. Tammy Abraham has looked like the Tammy Abraham uh, that played uh, in the championship and then at times against bad teams for Chelsea uh in the prem he was looked incredible basically didn't train at all went right in for roma in their first Serie A game and scored and had two assists so a very nice start for him um salernitana the newly promoted so far they lost 3-2 to bologna in a game that finished 10v9 which we love a 10v9 finish Uh, (laughs) um 
So I really do think Roma will be able to put some goals past them. For that reason, I'm going to give myself some flexibility. Also, with an over three and a half goals at plus 145, I'm keeping those separate, not parlaying them together, but I have Roma winning by two and getting that over three and a half. So the worry here would be maybe a 3-2 Roma win, but we'll see what happens. I'm going to do both of those. All right. Well, there you have it. That's going to wrap us up here on the show, Taylor. You got those plays over there. And then, of course, we've got the English Premier League. Hey, football is back. We are back in the swing of things. We got World Cup (sighs) qualifiers coming up in a couple weeks. We're back doing the pod. It has been a fun one. Guys, what are you playing this week? You can catch me on Twitter at TV at work. Catch Taylor at ATLTWill with one L. And we will be right back here next week, hopefully at an earlier time. We're working on shifting the schedule around. Um, Some new things are popping up, but hopefully there'll be good things for us. We'll get more into that later on. In the meantime, guys, best of luck this weekend. Have a good one.